Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is Pero, Pero Let, Let Me, Me Tell, Tell You. you. Dale. Se mató. She fell off the stage. La pobre. That's probably because she didn't have the last soda that we gave her. That's true. She needed that extra bounce. That, the caffeine. The caffeine. The caffeine are we recording this? We are recording. Well, if that's the case, then <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 38 of Pero Let Me Tell You. Bienvenido, caballero, al 38. Pero Friday. Pero Friday. Hashtag Pero Friday. How's yes. everybody doing on this wonderful Friday? Yes. And we hope that you, we do hope to see you guys at the Save Halloween party tonight. Whether you go or not, Trigotri. Trigotri Halloween, yes. Mm-hmm. Trigotri. Oh, this, I guess this could be like our Halloween special. Boo. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing the cackle thing that we did with Yamil. With Again, Yamil? No. No, no, we're not bringing that back. We blew out enough speakers. There's a lot of Acuras yeah, out there true. that are in repair shops. That's true. That's yeah. true. It's so funny because I remember, <laughs> I'm going to bring up Michigan again. When I was in, in Michigan, I was with a classmate of mine talking one time about like Halloween when we were kids and stuff right, like right. that. And he would, he, I remember he was saying something along the lines of like, yeah, you know, when I dress up for Halloween, when I was a kid and I would dress up for Halloween so many times, like I would get stuck in the snow. And I'm like, stuck, stuck in, in the snow? snow? Where are you from? He's like, Buffalo. Oh. And I'm like, oh, but even in Michigan at this time, it, it's it's not snowing, but it's like but, really okay. cold. But it's not, you're not going to get stuck in But the then, snow. you know, my Florida head was thinking like, see, I would always wear these like polyester yes! costumes that came in a box when I was a kid. Dude, the mat, the plastic uh, yes. mask. And I thought I was going to die of like a heat stroke. Yeah, but we didn't care back then. We were kids. As long as we were getting candy, we were good. No. Actually, you know what? Now that we're talking remember, about. Remember the time you stole a ceramic pumpkin? And I still have it. It's in the corner. It's right next to the door of my house now. Um, anyway, we're not going to talk about theft. Um, so, so every year, yeah. I feel that for Halloween, since it's our Halloween, Halloween. extravaganza, yeah. every... Spooktacular. Spooktacular. I like yes. that. Every year, it seems that there's like a list of costumes that are blacklisted for being offensive. This year, okay. being a cowboy is offensive. 
What if you're in the village, people? Being a cowboy is offensive. Being like like a pregnant nun or a pregnant like bride is also deemed offensive. And in fact, there was I, I forgot the name of a university, but there was a but university. A bride is, I mean, I'm sorry, a nun is pregnant with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> there was a university in England. I forgot the name of the university because mm-hmm. uh, the Brits love Halloween as well. They do. It's been a big thing there recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, that they gave this whole list of outfits that were deemed um offensive what i really thought was interesting that england put cowboys <laughs> as offensive as well as like native american like to dress as a native american okay. and all that apparently this one is i think is offensive do you know that there's a children's costume of anne frank but is it just like a brown dress like I it's mean, like how- a little okay it's like a little beret like blouse and skirt with like um like a i'm not sure if it's like a um a purse or whatever like a satchel like, like a, a satchel yeah um and hold she's holding a diary <laughs> okay like i find that okay. offensive but i also feel like i wouldn't know what that okay, is so i guess the topic me. of a conversation in terms of this topic this topic though is it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Halloween, we go out and we pretend to be people or things we're that we're not. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Except so, for me because I'm sexy year-round. Of course. So what's offensive and what's not? Well, let's start off talking about Megyn Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, Megyn Kelly today on the Today Show. Did you did I you watched it this? today. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like I want to... Has I, she been getting crap over the Today Show? She got show? some crap. I only saw her getting crap from Patton Oswalt and Padma Lashky, but... Well, what about? Because I saw it this morning. <laughs> Essentially, uh, today they were talking about Halloween and costumes. Yes. And she said something to the effect of like, oh, you know, when it started off in the path of like, oh, when kids, you know, dress up as a character, they want to look like the character. Right. Was and, this about blackface? And it was about blackface. Yes. It went into black and whiteface. Like yes. she said, yes. you know, now I, I know it's, and, and now I know it's considered offensive, but, you know, growing yes. up, this is what you did and blah, 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 blah. Now, I will say, I don't considering that we live in a city that literally had two plays like two months ago with white actors in blackface, Mm -hmm. Cubans were not the most PC. And I know there are many, I'm sure you can look through many of your family's pictures where somebody at some point in the 70s went to a Halloween party dressed as black people. Right. So was it done? Yes. Is it offensive? Yes. Now, I don't know how old Megyn Kelly is. Where I think the conversation may have been coming from, and again, I didn't see the episode. There are some parents that are having the conversation as to whether a white child, it should be okay, quote unquote, to dress as Black Panther. Yeah, but Black Panther is a costume. Correct. But their thing is that he it's how do I put this? And I could be right. Not, so th- I could be mangling it. Okay. But it's one of those things where it's like, oh, a white kid, you know, let us have our our heroes. No, I don't think it's about that. I well, because there's no black face to be had with a Black Panther costume. I don't. I don't see it as the same thing. I agree I, with you. I, I, I agree with so you. But I'm what, saying I. I know that that's been something circulating. So I, I actually saw the the episode this morning, okay. and one of the thing, people that she talked about was Diana Ross. Oh, with that chick from the Housewives. Yes, of was about Diana Ross, yeah. and you know I think that she may have put on blackface when well, she doing she Diana basically Ross. put like a dark tan. But 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 you know I think that a white woman could wear like a very glamorous dress with like mm. a big big hair and walk around with giant fan and have that attitude and people will still know it's diana ross 
Blackface is one of those things. Blackface is one of those things that kind of it bothers me. I, I think sometimes people overreact. I have like very mixed feelings about it because I think that a lot of people do blackface very innocently. I remember a few years ago, uh, um, the chick from Dancing with the Stars. Yes, Julia Hoff. Hoff. I forgot her name. Julianne Hoff. Julianne Hoff, yes. She went as a character of... Um, Crazy Eyes from Orange is yes. Black. Yes, and she put on blackface and then she she um, apologized. I think a lot of people do it very innocently. But with that said, ignorance is not a defense. And right. I feel that as any American, no matter where you came come from, you need to understand the historical context of blackface right. and how offensive... like offensive it is and what it really means because i mean it's something that is so insulting and it's so derogatory that i think that anybody who understands that would not do blackface like that episode of give me a break which episode of there was an episode of give me a break where joey lawrence Uh was going to do a duet with now carter okay and they were going to do a duet or they were lip-syncing to like a song that was by a black artist so clearly it was an ebony and ivory he walks in and he's in like full blackface mm-hmm. and so you know Nell Carter takes it as that moment that's a teaching moment it's a teaching moment again okay. we're talking about a character who this was Joey Lawrence when he was like four years old right so it's early a 80s but again to your point there even if it's an innocence to it you should be open to why right. somebody is hurt by this why it exactly. is wrong why exactly. it's incorrect like Which, again back to the point of like the cuban theaters that were doing it you know my biggest problem there aside from the fact that they were doing it is that when we were you would tell them like this is why it's hurtful or offensive or wrong they'd be like no but i don't understand right it's like no right. you're just you're being willfully ignorant right so i think you know i think that people that do it i don't think they're racist or anything like that but some you, are. you need to, well some, some are but, are, but you're that. run-of-the-mill person right, that right, right, right. maybe for halloween does blackface it's not that i think they're racist and they're horrible people i just think that they don't know history and they need to know history because th- this is why we have so many issues because mm-hmm. people don't know history and and history is something you have to know because if not you're gonna trip over the same thing over and over again yep. um as far as the character of black panther i i, I see that differently because but to me a, that's the step too far right that's, that's a costume yeah, like that, I mean, that's a that's a anybody costume. could be under that hood right anyone could be under the hood but you to know? me that's taking that this whole like you know well you shouldn't be a pregnant nun like the nuns are are they offended are they starting a change.org petition yeah like i mean i mean like everything else there's moments or situations that are offensive mm-hmm. and maybe are not well thought out. Uh, but then, of course, intent. then there's intent. The, intent is important. But then, of course, there's then a, another side of people that just blow it out of the water and then everything's offensive. Like the Anne Frank thing, you know, it's it's a costume. And and again, as you and I always is this say, like a costume that you can like buy like a yes, city? yeah. Well, it's, it's, or, or, it's or a costume store. A costume yes, store. and again, it's what you and I always say every time. Like a company or an advertising agency, whether it's media, whatever, does these huge snafus and these PR yeah. like you know, it had like, to go through like forty people. Like I, I, again. <laughs> How many people were in the room who thought, yeah, making an Anne Frank costume for a little girl is totally okay. It's I'm just surprised they didn't make it a sexy Anne Frank. Oh my god. 
No, yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised that they didn't make it a sexy Anne Frank yeah. because, you know, that's just what they do now. Yeah, actually, let's put on our Instagram the picture. <laughs> it's the pictures out there because you know how for all these costumes, they have, like, the picture, well, you have to, the you model. Have to, right, you have to sell Yeah, it. there's, like, the model's out there. It's a little girl dressed as Anne Frank. Thank God. <laughs> oh. And then I don't I forgot this was like another joke because this costume, the Anne Frank one, is not new. And I think last year, a couple of years ago, when it first made its rounds mm-hmm. of like offensive costumes, I saw online that it said, you know, she was, it was a little girl dressed up as Anne Frank, and somebody put in uh, Belieber because you know that Justin Bieber a few years ago when he went to Amsterdam yeah, right. and he went to the Anne Frank house and yes, yes. visited the attic and all that, he said that Anne Frank would have been a. <laughs> fan of his like oh my god so you know she was a 14 year old girl so she probably would have yeah i mean whatever bad choice of words but again to your point there's an ignorance there he wasn't right so i mean i i I, look i think i think there's a line what's offensive and what's not i mean again something like blackface i i even think sometimes there was an uproar this year about sexy handmaid's tale yeah. People were like, that's inappropriate because the handmaid's tale is a tale of sorrow and feminism. But it's like a total fictional character. And it's like, A, that's not a real person. B, it's not a few real story. It's, I mean, what? who am I disrespecting? The page? <laughs> the writer? The, 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 the tree that died to publish it? Like, uh, who's being disrespected by this? Anyway, well, we hope uh, everybody Lord. has a fun Halloween. Yes. Moving right along to some more little <laughs> hot topics. Bueno, have you seen the news? I mean, I have, but what in particular? Of the caravan? I have. It's not a fun caravan. It's not a Dodge caravan heading no, this way. I'm a little upset. It's, <laughs> was that offensive? To the Dodge caravan or to the people coming? Yes, to the people coming. I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, um, so there is a caravan of... Um, of people, mostly from Honduras. Right, right. It's who, not the Venga bus. Who, the Venga bus is coming <laughs> right. and everybody's jumping. New, New York, York to San Francisco. Francisco. Get up and in intercity disco. disco. Your disco needs you. Oh, anyway. It's a medley now. It's a medley. Um, so they're coming from Honduras. They're coming. A lot of them are from Honduras. Uh, and about 7,000 people, right? It's a lot of people. They've gone through gates. They defied um, authorities in, I believe, Guatemala. And they were, they're were they going through Guatemala, up through Mexico, to the U.S. border. Mm. You know, it's a very hard situation because it's a lot of people. And they're they're defying laws. My heart goes out to them. To get where they get. and and But they're blatantly being a... They're flagrantly... Blatantly. But let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you Thumbing this. Thumbing their nose at a They are. They are. And that I have But, an but issue a lot with. of people, a lot of these people, a lot of these people are really, um, they're fleeing for their lives. Because it's I not a situation it. where they, you know, are living uncomfortably or in po- poverty. A lot of these people um, are, are fleeing for their lives. Because I didn't know until recently that in... In Honduras, the capital, San Pedro Sulas, mm-hmm. is the most dangerous city in the world. It's more dangerous than Baghdad, Iraq. Really? And yes, because there, the 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 gang problem is so large mm-hmm. that, for example, if you're in a gang and you want to recruit someone right. and you go to the kid and you say, hey, I want you to join my gang, and the kid mm-hmm. refuses, they'll kill the kid and his family. 
So then what choice do you have? It's like this vicious circle. So obviously there's a lot of crime and obviously there's poverty and, and, and all that. So these people really are... They they really are leaving their their country Again, for a better life fair in, in, Ameri- in America or wherever, yeah. um, which is the same thing that we did, which is the same thing that our okay, families fair did. Fair enough, fair enough. But for you to just show up somewhere and say because a Pepe cojone yo voy a entrar and I'm gonna bring you know a small army to do it. Yeah. No. No, I mean, look, I like, see... Like, I'm coming in whether you want to or not. I see, I see, I, but... I have an issue with that. And then you have the audacity to get upset when people say, no, you need to slow your roll. Yeah, I I understand all that. No I just intended. Don't, I just don't that. think that this is a black and white issue. I think, not, I think there's but... a lot of gray here because, you know, what happened to... Okay, but the problem is if... The first time you say, you know what, come right in, then the second time it's going to be 14,000. Right. But, and but what happened to give me your weak, give me your tired, your poor, what's on the Statue okay. of Liberty? You know, the United States. Times changed too. Ha, no, but the United States has been built on immigration. And let's not forget when other people have immigrated, when Italians were immigrated to the U.S., there were persona non grata. I when agree. the Irish, I understand. you know, and look how those groups of immigrants, what they have done okay. for this country. So, I, so that's why I say. It's not a black and white issue because I understand that we are a country of laws right. and there is a process. And I, as much as my heart goes out to these people, I, I, I don't believe in open borders because there has to be some that type be a of limit. there has to be some type of gauge, some type of process. Right. But I also don't think, as some people say and have some media outlets mm-hmm. have have reported, that these are these like terrible no, like, no, 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 nuisances no, no, no. Saying, of people that are coming over here. And to me, it's you know, not about that. To me, it's just about you're 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 thumbing your nose in such a blatant way. They're being defiant. And There's one thing to be defiant. It's another thing to say, okay, you know what? You're not going to let me in. Oh, but you're going to let me in because I'm bringing, you know, 7,000 people. And we're just going to storm the gates. What That's I, a problem. What I do know is that... Can I ask a very ignorant question? What? Or maybe it's not that ignorant. They have to go through Mexico. And obviously mm-hmm. Mexico's embroiled in this whole situation yes. too because... Mexicans trying to stop them. They're trying to stop them. Can't Mexico offer them some type of asylum or a partial or like say, hey, those of you who wish to stay, I don't know, maybe it goes down from seven thousand to thirty five hundred. I'm, I'm, yeah, again, that's, yeah, that's an ignorant that's question. What, but I'm that's asking. what Mexico's tried to do, and that is what the U. Well, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to seek asylum. Mm-hmm. Now, what has happened with asylum is that under the Trump administration, Jeff Sessions has said that you know, it's like rape. Yes, it's it's not as broad as it used to be at one point. Right. That things I believe like rape or sexual assault or even the whole scenario I gave of gangs mm-hmm. that that doesn't qualify anymore under their interpretation of asylum to okay. qualify for asylum. Okay. So yeah, they may very well get here. Um, be processed and be turned right back around. So, I mean, again, like immigration, it's a very complicated issue that doesn't have one right answer. What I will say about this particular uh, caravan and the timing is the timing could have not been worse because this is a kind of bow to Donald Trump and his supporters. 
heading into the elections, you know, in just in two weeks. In two weeks, this is what people that again are in his camp and are in supporters that are like hardline against immigration. This is what they're going to use as an example. Oh well, look at all these people defying orders and trying to get into the country, and this is what we're going to let right. in our country. So it was. This was kind of like a gift. Like here you right, go, right, right. here you go. So. I, I, I can't imagine, I mean, who knows what will happen between now and the actual election, but I can't imagine this... Voting well. <laughs> for, you know, the the blue. <laughs> it's just one more thing that we're tossing in there. Yeah, the blue wave is turning into a ripple at this point. <laughs> you know, you never, you never know. You never, you know. never know. But you know what I do know? That we are a little hungry... We are so hungry, and you know why we're hungry, listeners? Because we're reliving the insane meal that this week's guest, Chef Chris Valdez, made for us when we so interviewed him. So, Chris Valdez came to my home. And his publicist, Arely. And, <laughs> yes, she was wonderful. Yeah. And he cooked us an amazing meal. I mean, it was incredible, from appetizers to, like, an uh, entree to salad. I, I mean, it was great, and... Not only was he a lot of fun and he was a great interview, but he has a hell of a story to tell. So that's coming up next. Yep, without further ado. Hey everyone, as promised, here we are with our interview with Chef Chris Valdez. Yes, and unlike Liza, he is not with a Z. He's with an S. Yes. And we also have his wonderful, awesome manager, Arely Ruiz, who's going to sit down in the conversation with us. Yeah, she says she's not going to say anything, but let's see how long that takes. Let's let's make sure she does. So, (laughs) so, uh, Chef Chris and Arely, welcome to Pero Let Me Tell You. Before sitting down to this interview, yes. Chris did like a whole smorgasbord for us. Oh, he did all types of food. So um, we may be in a little bit of a food coma yeah. <laughs> as we we're, we're not drunk. If we're slurring, so, it's food coma. So we we apologize in advance. But it was amazing what he did for us, and we are very honored that he came over yes, and he you. cooked for us. So, Chris, before we say one word, thank you, thank so, you so much. much. Oh, thank no, you, thank it was you, thank my, you. My, my pleasure. For those of you who don't know who you are yet, tell us a little bit of your background. Uh, my name is Chef Chris Valdez, and I, uh, I like nuggets. <laughs> this, he said that several times. We I established him. this in our pre-interview. I believe him. Uh, well, the the truth is that you know when I was small, um, my father driving back from the restaurant usually at nine o'clock at night, he'd greet me every night with a box of twenty piece chicken nugget. So I think that's why today, at the age of twenty seven, I am still serious about my nuggets and counting them and not sharing them. It's the only thing I won't share in my life. I'm like, don't ask me for a damn nugget; they're mine. So, so what I'm hearing is that's your ideal Valentine's date. Crap, if you give me a box of nuggets, I'll love you forever. Like, now we know. I'll, now we know. I'll open my most expensive bottle of wine for you. I'll put some Frank Sinatra. Shit, I'll put a, a candle for you. And like. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, he is a chef. And he loves those McDonald's nuggets. Anyways, like I was saying about the truffle oil. Um, 
Um, no, uh, my life has been pretty interesting. You know, when I go back and, and I think about everything, I was born and raised into our uh, Latin restaurant. So ever since I was small, uh, I would always ask my mom, what are you cooking? What are you adding in there? Why does it smell like this? Why are you using that? And she always took the time to answer those questions. Um, and being in that environment led to me going to a culinary school. Obviously, when I was 10 years old that we had lost our restaurant and our family, mm-hmm. I am flipping through the channels and I see Emerald. And that one insect that I could replay in, in my in my head, I at that age, I decided I wanted to be on the Food Network and I wanted to be like Chef Emerald. That along with what I saw my mom doing at the age of 19, going to culinary school, winning a scholarship, uh, opening my own catering company at the age of 19 as well. 19? 19. Yeah. 19. Damn, 19. So it's been eight years with the catering company. All of it put together is just so surreal. So it's like I tell people uh, at the age of 26, when I'm standing on the Food Network logo, I just keep going back to my childhood and then you start understanding why things happen, how they happen. Mm-hmm. You know, in life you ask yourself, why did this happen and why did that happen and why me? But, you know, eventually you start figuring out why. Standing on that logo, I kept replaying all of these things and I'm like, that's why. You know, we, we actually interviewed uh, Eileen from, Eileen Andrade from Finca and, you know, her parents are were the owners of Villa Canaria and she told us that growing up, she wanted nothing to do with the food industry. She wasn't interested whatsoever. In fact, she studied something else. Design. She didn't study, yeah. yeah, design. When you were a kid and your parents had a restaurant, at that time, were you interested in the business and being a chef? Or is this something that as you grew older, you kind of fell into or you knew that was the direction you wanted to take? As a businessman, yes. I would steal all of my, my father's produce and I would go outside to our customers and I would sell them oranges. I would sell them potatoes. I would put them in little to-go bags and I would sell it. So as a businessman, yes, I always had that that uh, instinct. And he would laugh because he's like, oh, I can't criticize me because he's my child and he's just like me. No, I think growing up, I, wa- I really had a fascination for politics and law. And wow. I, I wanted to be a lawyer. So in high school, Don't I do was it. in in high school. I had a fascination for political science and, and law school. But definitely, what what drove me to culinary school, you know, I had a passion for it. But what drove me was the scholarship that I had won the scholarship, and I'm like, fine, I'll go this route to the Cordon Bleu. To the Cordon right? Bleu, yes. Right, that's pretty prestigious. Yeah, I didn't even know at the time <laughs> what I was doing, and I was like, wow, I, if I won, I must be the chosen one, and I'll you, go to You thought the, that's the just where they made the chicken? Yeah, uh, the so chicken I blue. thought for some reason that on the first day, or in the first semester, we would learn uh, how to make uh, chicken corn blue. Well, guess what? They never taught us how to make the damn chicken cordon bleu. They taught us how to make veal cordon bleu. Uh, and I remember I went to the dean and I'm like, don't you think you should teach everyone how to make the chicken cordon bleu? <laughs> so they're like, no, everyone mocks us for it, so you'll learn how to make veal. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that is like my favorite dish, by the way, chicken cordon bleu. Yeah. If I go to a wedding and they have chicken cordon bleu, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm just care. curious. when Because you got this scholarship you know, when you were finishing up high school. Right. How do you get a scholarship to a culinary school? How how is that admissions process? Do so, they try your food? Do they do they do you have a portfolio? So when I, I was about the baking incident. So when I was in um Oh no, you have to. Yeah. When I was in um Yeah, she's she's better at this than I am. For the record, I, that took I, about six minutes. Yeah. Until that's we a, heard her on camera. I think she said she wasn't yeah, going to. If you hear if yeah. you watch some other videos and podcasts, I think that's it is a record. Mark it down for, <laughs> for future reference. 
You know, I was in uh, Felix Rella, my high school, and one of my teachers, she's like, there's a baking competition at La Cordon Bleu. If you submit an essay with less than, I don't know how many words, and they like you, they'll choose 10 students, and then they do a baking competition. I was a little hesitant at first because at the time, I considered myself the world's worst baker. Like, I could legit do the show right now, uh, back then. <laughs> so I, I did an essay, and I still have the essay. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever written. I, I love writing, but this this was just, um, I, was, I had explained how I lost my father, but for me, Chef Emerald was like my father figure. Oh, wow. Um, and it was it was less than 250, but it's the most emotional thing I've ever uh, written, or, or every time I read it, I start tearing up. So... What happens is that I submit that and they call me and they're like, we want you to be in uh, the baking competition. I'm like, oh my God, this is exciting. So since I don't know jack crap about baking, I look up an emerald recipe. So I remember it was a French tart. I didn't practice it. I'm like, if Emeril could make it, I could make it. He's going to guide me through it like a ratatouille case and (laughs) and it's going to be like magical. It was not magical. Um, it was the worst day of my life. So this, let me guide you through this. First of all, um, I, I spent around 20 minutes melting chocolate when I later found out that uh, we have like 40 pounds of chocolate pre-melted for everyone. Mm. So I lost time there. Remember, it's, you only have like two, three hours. The other thing is that over there they have the industrial uh, mixing machines. Mm-hmm. I floured myself like Kim Kardashian style. I floured myself <laughs> and the kitchen. Then after cleaning up that mess, I'm like, let me just go to the cream side. I washed myself in cream and some others. Uh, as I'm melting the chocolate, I'm like, somebody's burning something. It was my towel that caught on fire. Oh my and God. when I noticed, I throw it on the floor. I don't even know what to do. So I caused the fire. Um, that's off the record, by the way. And then my tart, if you know anything about tarts, they need time to set. Yeah, with three hours, your tart is never going to set. I don't care who makes the tart. Emerald, Gordon Ramsay, it's never going to set because it's just science. So um, I decided to name it a tart smoothie. Uh, and that didn't work as well. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely the worst day of my life. And when I got to school, that was on a Saturday. When I got to school on the Monday, everyone was asking me. Everyone knew about it. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to go to law school. And they're like, oh my God, was it that bad? I'm like, I don't even want to go into the details. It's going to wreck my life. Like, I don't want to know anything about it. I hate cooking. So a week later, my, one of my teachers, she's like, now they're doing the cooking competition. And this time it's a bigger reward. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go to law school. I, I'm, I'm watching Judge Judy nonstop. I've replaced uh, Emerald for Judge Judy. <laughs> Judge Judy, you know, she, it's very easy. I could do it. You know, it's at the time you have a, I was 18, uh, 17. Uh, I had, you know, you have that mentality. I'm like, Judge Judy could do it. I could do it. I could be mean and, you know, tell people. Ah. So, um, I could see so, your pearls. Yeah. <laughs> I dig pearls. So um, so she's like, Christopher, you're giving up. And I'm like, no, I'm not. The baking gave it up. <laughs> like, So um, what happens is a week later, I get an acceptance letter, and they're like, um, you've been chosen to compete. And I call Le Cordon Bleu, and I tell them, what type of mean, cruel joke is this? If you don't remember, I caused the fire. I threw cream all over the kitchen. I floured everyone. My tart never So I'm just having a, a little a rant session. And they're like, no, no, we received your essay. And your submission, I'm like, really? Uh, what email did it come from? And it was the teacher's email. So one of my oh, teachers wow. submitted my old essay with an application that they forged, by the way. You know, so the day of the competition, I arrived. I, again, I had an emerald recipe I had never tried. I was just like, you know what? 
I sucked last time. I'll might as well suck this time too. Mm. You already tried to burn the place down. What's yeah, the worst that can happen? Like, what's now? the worst that can happen? So I bump into this girl, and uh, I don't know who she is, and um, I know she's like, oh, I remember you. Uh, you're the one that caused the fight. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, I didn't remember her. Obviously, everyone was paying attention to me as usual. I'm always causing some. Sort and Adeli, of- <laughs> this is a great story. Yes, thank you thank for bringing you. it up. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I asked her. Uh, she's like, what are you cooking? I'm like. Yeah something with fire and she's like and i'm like what are you cooking she's like pasta i'm like you're making pasta for ten thousand dollars and she's like yeah and she's like what are you cooking for real and right there when i'm about to answer they're like okay time to start so this damn girl's voice is in my head saying what are you cooking what are you cooking the fire what are you cooking so as i'm walking over there um they say three two one start and i had this feeling inside of me which you know now i know it's an intuition and and i know i have like a great intuition I could feel things from miles away um, like if I want to eat nuggets my intuition will tell me an hour before <laughs> you want to eat nuggets um, so I um, right there something told me you know follow your heart just you know might as well if you're going to go down might as well go down with, with following your heart I'm like Emeril I love you but you know what I'm just going to cook from the heart and I did that that day and when I was done I uh, and I had brought my own plates, so you know I I was different from. I brought my own plates. I presented the table. I always get points for being clean because I'm very clean as I cook. Um, and uh, which a, we witnessed for and, a and sanitation. Yeah. I'm very clean on like some other girl was touching the chicken and herself at the same time. They go, okay, so anyways, that's that's TMI. But what happens is that when I'm done, I I'm like, hey, I have to go. I'm gonna be late for work. And and they're like, yeah, yeah, you could leave. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I didn't cause a fire this time, so let me just leave. <laughs> so as I'm leaving, the lady's like, wait, you can't leave. You won. I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, so I stayed two hours. We cleaned the whole kitchen, um, and I'm like, cool. I won like third place. That's not bad. So when they announced third place, I'm like, wow, I won second place. When I when they announced second place. I'm like, oh, this little itch. She told me this so I would stay here and clean that damn kitchen. <laughs> so when they said my name at $10,000 and I was holding that certificate, the only thing I could remember is um, I felt bad I didn't invite my family over because I thought I was going to be a failure again. But little did oh. I know that it would be one of the biggest stories um, wow. you know, that would teach me something. That is a great story. Yeah. And what did you cook? Story. I cooked pasta. Uh, but I made my own sauce from scratch. And, you beat and, that girl at her own game. Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, you, you were making pasta too. That's why you didn't tell me. I'm like, yeah, you inspired me. Did you, <laughs> did, did you ever find out who was the teacher that submitted your application? Of course, of course. Uh, when uh, Years later, when I go to um, Felix Varela as the principal of the day, they the Miami Herald a reporter was following me around everywhere, and he interviewed the teachers. So I, I showed each teacher. Um, she was responsible for this, and she was responsible. So they interviewed them. And uh, yes, and the teacher, I always thank her. I feel that as teachers or as human beings, one of the things you could give people is motivation. Motivation. Sometimes we're having a bad day or sometimes we don't think we're good enough. Like just with a little kick of motivation could yeah. go a long way. Well, and yeah. that teacher that day, she did her job as, as one of those teachers that go above and beyond. And she entered me through that. And, you know, I'm always thankful for it. What was her name? Uh, Miss, uh, well, there's a few of them. There, okay. Each one played. But this one was Miss Hyatt. Miss Hyatt. Yeah. Well, well Miss Hyatt... On behalf of somebody who ate his food, thank you, <laughs> yeah. thank you for pushing him. Because that's a great story. That's a great story. I mean, that's yeah. a great story. You know, I I feel that sometimes people take a course in life or go down a certain road that they didn't expect. And right. like in your case, it started off literally on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's you... a great joke. <laughs> 
<laughs> Literally. But I mean, look at where you are now. I mean, yes. yes. So you start at Le Cordon Bleu when you were there, because I mean, I looked into the school and I know it's pretty intense. Were there moments that you're like, crap, I'm in over my head? Or was it, you know, you knew you were in your element? I've always known I've had a connection with food. So being there just felt right. Um, I was a student ambassador. I was the president of the student body. And, you know, anything food events wise for the school, I was always uh, in the in the groups. I would always take leadership uh, with with uh, with the groups. And um, so, yeah, it's, it always felt right. There was nothing wrong about it. It was all about food. So just imagine like a whole food world and everything's about food and you're eating nonstop. I mean, I gained like 40 pounds uh, eating nonstop. The smells and all of these things, you know, the only class I didn't like was was wine class because I was um, 18, mm-hmm. and I'm like, shit, this is illegal. <laughs> so, so we would drink every class like seven, even if it, they're sample size, right. seven different wines. Oof. Per so he, do you smell this? Do you taste the oakiness? We're like, no, bitch, we're getting drunk. <laughs> like, and we would be like, Whoa! and he's like, you guys failed the test again. I'm like. Oh, shit, we're all drunk. Like we're eighteen year olds. What do you expect? So the older people, they would they would ace the test. We we would all be looking at each other like, how are we getting away with this? Like we could sue the school. So the whole time, and me and my friend were looking. I'm like, why do I? And the next day, I'm like, why do I feel like yesterday's class was all a blur? Like literally, it was a blur because we were drinking. So um, so yeah. But culinary school felt right right from the beginning and I'm I'm glad that the story went how it went because you know through high school you don't know where you're going or you don't know what path to take you have the path your parents want you to take you have the path you want to take you have the the path your friends are taking so you're like what where should I go and I felt that this this took me to the place where I belonged and obviously mm-hmm. it was with food I mean you know see how passionate I am about the nuggets yeah. yeah, yeah, that alone. Yeah, yeah. That Why alone. didn't you and I go to culinary school? They would have had to roll us out of there. And I think you answered your own question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying, you know, you, you you live food, you love food. You started your own catering company at nineteen, and I'm gonna fast forward a couple of years because you were recently, as you, you mentioned earlier, about being on the Food Network logo. And so for those listeners who aren't aware, you were one of the contestants on Next Food, uh, the Next, Next Food, Network food Network Network Super Season fourteen, Season fourteen. Yes. <laughs> And did you ever think, you know, thinking back to when you would watch Emerald, did you ever think that you would be on the Food Network as well? I knew one day it would happen, but it's just that when it happened, you validate your, your wow, this is what I worked so hard for. This is, you know, and at the age of 10, when I'm going to the channels and I see Emerald, I have all these 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 images in my head. I see people taking pictures. I see uh, flashes and all, and I'm like, what in the world? I'm like, I'm 10 years old and I'm seeing crap in my head. So later on, it's just I had seen a vision of what you know happens when you go to all these events and mm-hmm. and when you're um, you know on set and things like that. People taking pictures and people asking you like for example when I went to Puerto Rico it's like twenty interviews in in an hour in like an hour? in an hour nonstop people with a microphone take a picture with me um, you know Good next Lord. and next and it was like in Puerto Rico it was such it was so fascinating and again I did you know a lot of work over there and I had traveled there before and and I took many donations for the whole hurricane so I'm guessing you know that's, that's that, that was another reason but uh, it's just like I was amazed of how much people want to meet you and know you and and they are fascinated by the story and you know I think it also involves the the Latin uh, group empowerments and how you know you could inspire other Latin people so uh, but definitely it's just 
what I saw that day is just what I'm living now. And, and then when I saw the logo and I saw Emro and then I'm standing on the logo, I just couldn't stop replaying those those uh, flashbacks. And you the only full thing, circle. Yeah, and I was very thankful. And I'm just like, again, I, I felt completed, um, like I had completed my my mission with, with that little image I had yeah. at the age of 10. That's quite yeah. a big deal because a lot of people could have taken your path, but not everybody would have ended up at the Food Network. Right. You know, so that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, it's yeah. well, it was a lot of persistence. But um, like I said on the show, I feel that what I get from this whole Food Network experience, I feel that it was like a little, how do I say it? It was like a little going back in time and saying to that 10-year-old, because, you know, I was going through a lot of things at that age with my family and whatnot. Um, it's like saying, you know, this is for you. Um, and that's what it was for me. It was uh, for that child that my inner child I didn't have a childhood so just doing that um, I felt something felt right inside that hadn't had been missing for years no? and okay. I'm crying <laughs> I am I I'm sorry yeah like, it I, is yeah. and you know you keep mentioning Emerald and it's funny because I've, I've been a fan of the Food Network for a really long time and you know, I, I, I'd like to think I'm a foodie. And something that I, I hold in very hearty regard is that I, to this day, I think Emerald is the best chef the Food Network has had. And I remember the, his show, Emerald Live. I mean, that show has always, in my humble little opinion, has always blown away every other like show the Food Network has had with other chefs. And also, I feel that like the food Emerald did, to quote him, was above the notches of other people. Like, did you just have an attraction to Emerald because of the complexity of his recipes and what he did? Or was it part of the personality? Because there were a lot of people on the Food Network that you could have, quote unquote, been inspired by. I, I, I could totally answer that question now because I feel that I'm just like him. Um, Emerald is not only a chef, he's an entertainer. And that's what I do. People say, oh, you're a chef. You cook. I'm like, no, 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 no. I entertain people. I, I put on some music. Let's laugh. Let's have fun. Uh, let's let's enjoy food, something that we all enjoy in this world. So there's a universal language right there. So um, I think Emerald was able to tap into that. You know, all these other chefs, they're great chefs. Uh, they could teach you how to cook something. But see, to teach you how to cook something, to teach you it, it's okay to, to make it in large portions, to throw this, to throw that, no measurements. You would never hear him say half a cup or, mm -hmm. or a tablespoon. No, no, no. Throw this, throw that, yeah. throw this, bam, 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 bam. done. Yeah. So, And that's how I like to teach cooking because I'm like, a lot of people are afraid to cook. And it's not hard. It's just you add a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, this, and that, and bam. Like you, it's not, you, there's no rules to it. And I'm like, in life, there's no rules to, to how to do things the perfect way. Everyone has a different life, different scenario. And I feel that cooking is the same way. You just have to have a little bit of confidence and go along with it. And, you know, taste here, taste there. And I felt that's what made me fall in love with him. Mm -hmm. The fact that he was serious about it, but he was fun about it. And he's like, you know what? He had like a little Julia Child mentality, like, to hell with it like if it comes out good good if it doesn't we learn for next time and we you know so that's what i liked about that definitely Emerald. comes through um not just in person i mean just again you've made some delicious things for us and you're obviously an entertainer you're super charismatic but the charisma carries over into your youtube series as well uh it was cooking with chris cooking right? cooking with chris yes uh, which is about to have its fourth, fourth season. season yes one of the things that's funny you mentioned you know no measurements whatever i noticed in several of the videos whenever you use olive oil mm -hmm. 
the way you kind of just like move the bottle like yeah, yeah i'm putting it in, in here now yeah. you yeah. know like you're just you're gonna figure it out you'll it'll taste good don't worry about yeah. it you know and if not you can put a little more over here a little over there but there's this there's a love and a and a a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but just it looks so natural. And you come across like you are enjoying being in that kitchen. It's I, not I, a chore. Yeah, and it, that I translates. love it. And, and I think growing up, for me, my therapy was cooking. When my mom comes inside the door at when I was 10 and I cooked my first dish, which was an arroz con pollo, she's like, who, your first dish who made this at the age of 10? Damn. And she's like, who made this? I'm like, oh, I, I made it with the help of Emerald. She's like, ¿Quién es Emerald? I'm like, I'm like, Emerald's my friend. She's like, Yo te he dicho que no traigas a nadie aquí. ¿Quién te enseñó a hacer eso? I'm like, no, 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 mom. Mom, you have to understand. Emerald, bam. ¿Qué bam qué? It's just so typical Cuban mom. It kept and, going down uh, and, yeah, yeah, and I'm trying to explain to her. And, it, yeah. and she's like, ¿Dónde está Emerald? And I'm like, no, no, mom. A las siete. ¿Y por qué a las siete? ¿Va a comer con nosotros? I'm like, no, 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 on TV. Uh, Food Network. And Emerald and B were my, mommy. Yes, my, my mom was not having it. So what happens is that, thank God, it was like 6.30. Otherwise, I would have gotten slapped the crap out of me. <laughs> so thank God, I served. Uh, she took a shower. I served the meal, and we watched Emerald together. And she's like, yes, Emerald. I'm like, yes, mommy, that's Emerald. So, <laughs> But you know what, though? Something I will say about Emerald and about your YouTube series you yes you're you're there cooking something and showing how to make something but it, you know it, it's kind of subtle the, the things you say that people have an opportunity to learn mm -hmm. like i remember one time i'll never forget this watching emerald live some years back that he kind of said an epidemic is in America is that everybody cooks on the high. And I've never <laughs> forgotten that because it's true. Everybody, when they cook on the stovetop, they yeah. crank it up to high and they burn whatever rather than, you know, a medium. And I, you know, very subtle, but it's something that sticks with you. And like, yes. I noticed that on your YouTube channel and your, you know, episodes, that's kind of like what you do. You throw these little tricks and yes. subtleties in there and that life you don't, lessons you don't really things, realize, yeah. like you're learning, but in essence you are yes. did you do that on purpose or it's just how no, it comes well, out it comes out uh, but it's also like who i am so like people that work with me i'm always throwing lines like that that they'll stick to it i don't know it just comes out like i don't know what's inside comes out of this mouth but you know it's <laughs> magical so let's stick to it but it, it works um and it's i don't think hard like to say i don't know it just comes out i, I don't know how to but you're, it's, it's, you're natural. You're a natural. Yeah. You're yeah, a natural, I, kid. I, I, like the nuggets I eat. Yeah. So with that There are many said, things, but not natural. <laughs> with your YouTube channel, because I know that you have the perfect burger, um, short ribs. What is your like main goal with your YouTube channel? 
to inspire others like I was once inspired. Um, like the other day, I was doing a community event, and um, this little this little girl comes up to me, and you know, I'm serving so many people that I, you know, I just like, hi, how are you next? Hi, how are you next? Hi, how? But this little girl catches my attention because I'm like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? She's like, I want to be on the Food Network, and I looked at her in the eyes, and I'm like, when I was a little boy, my dream was to be on the Food Network, and you know what I did, you know, a few months ago, and she's like, what? I was just on the Food Network. I don't know what was it with that little girl that that we just formed a connection right away and i think it's because i saw myself as a child right. and and her eyes she's like you think i could be on the food network and i looked at her i'm like oh you will be and i even pulled her mother aside i'm like we need to talk um but i, I think it's that and then i also think that it's it's empowerment like i said People think that they can't cook or people think that they have to go to school to learn how to cook or there's a right way of cooking. No, like it's just you have to have an open mentality and just go for it. And not cook on high. And and not and not cook. But it's funny you said that because I'm like shit. I always put everything on high. <laughs> like, but I never burn it. So then when you said burn, I'm like, oh, but I don't burn it. But I, I but I do cook on high. I like things done like yesterday. So I'll put everything on high. And obviously I toss it in the air and things like that. So it helps. But yeah, I started laughing because I think I was guilty of that too. But yes, empowerment and just to inspire. I I feel that if there's one thing you could do as a human in this world with anything is just inspire someone to do something to go for their dreams despite their obstacles despite their bad moments uh despite what they may have or may not have inspire yeah i mean and that's to our listeners out there we can't urge you enough to take uh a look at chris's um youtube channel it's chris valdez with an s um, yes. on YouTube <laughs> and you're going to find a ton of videos there of different things he's made and you know interviews uh, and yeah interviews yeah. it's it's really really interesting and it has a little bit of everything for everyone what can we expect in this new season um so this new season comes uh after Food Network Star so you do see a person more uh polished so no Batman suit, no chicken suit, uh, you, but you do see, you do see. Um, I do have some suits for Halloween, so don't worry. Oh, okay, um, okay. Uh, but no, no suits, uh, and it's a little bit more about me and the cooking. But definitely, you still see fun me, fun recipes. Um, all about easy cooking and making it easy for people. I tell people. I went to school. I broke my head for it. Let me just teach you how to make it like the easy way. Let me not bore you with all this terminology. And, you know, people are like, oh, the, the French term. And, no, my ass, the French term. Like, I don't care about the French term. <laughs> this is how you do it. And let's get, let me show you how to do it in a fun way. Because if you bring out the terms book, that's like bringing like, like a rule book. Like, these are the rule. No, nobody wants that. So I'm just, I try to give it a fun approach and, and a fun point of view so that it like it makes people want to cook and which has been working you know the, the messages people send me uh, and they're like oh I tried this recipe and the other day uh, a wife writes me a message she's like I don't know what you did but my husband cooked for the first time and he did a great job and she sends me a picture and all of that so I wow, was mind awesome. blown with those things wow. yeah. Yeah. yeah mission accomplished mission accomplished yes, yes. <laughs> and another thing I want to say uh, just really quick uh, I know it's a little off topic but since we were talking about inspiring um, there is this uh, gentleman this fan that he writes to me a lot uh, one of the things that he shared with me was his birthday was coming up I'm like oh my god that's so cool this and that and he's like well um Every time my birthday uh, uh, month comes around, I get depressed. I'm like, oh, why is that? He's like, oh, because I think about the time that I wanted to commit suicide on my birthday five years oh, ago. Oh, my when God. I read that, I am like, wow. 
and every now and then I'll put the suicide uh, number, suicide hotline number on my Instagram just out of nowhere. Like sometimes people think it's <laughs> because of me and they're like, are you okay? It's like, no, I'm sharing it for, for others um, to see because you never know who's listening. Right. But, you know, after what he writes, I tell him, hey, you know, it's your birthday. You can't look about it. You have to forget about that. You have to move forward. Um, you know, he's like, oh, but I'm very low. So I was talking to him and he's like, you know, you inspire me so much and I'm so thankful to, to follow you in these things. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like I said, people are always listening. And if you could save one person, you know, this man, I don't even know who he is. You know, it's very, the conversations right. we have is just, you know, just regular conversations through uh, Instagram. But um, I feel I feel that a lot of people, there's a lot of people that need just a little bit of light and inspiration. Mm-hmm, yeah. And if you could spread a little bit of that, a little bit and you could save a, a life, way. yes. And I felt accomplished that day because it... Mm-hmm. It um it makes me and I'm very excited too because uh he's in uh San Antonio so when we go to San Antonio I could meet him and we could give him a little birthday dinner or something like that. Oh, that would be awesome! Yes, yes, that's one of my goals to do that. I hope he doesn't listen to this. Um, but well, we um, hope he does. Uh, well, afterwards. <laughs> but um, but yes. So uh, I was very happy. So since we were talking about inspiration, I was able to inspire him and um. Like, well, you are inspiring because I think that you know you you're somebody that came from humble beginnings. And you, I mean, you've come all the way. I mean, you're living your dream, yeah. which not a lot of people do. Yeah. And you were on the freaking Food Network. I was on the Food Network. <laughs> but more mind blowing is, you know, we all have a little checklist in our lives, like a little bucket list and checklist mm-hmm. and goal list. And, you know, a lot of people tend to say, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow. You know, I grabbed that fucking list. And I'm like, I'm making each one of these happen. So every time that it happens, each thing happens, it's just mind blowing how powerful the mind is. And it just goes to show when you work hard and you really want something and you go for it and you see the results, there's nothing like it. So I feel that my whole life is just, it's just mind blowing. I, I can't even yeah. think about it because you compare it to those beginnings. You know, um, my father went to jail for 19 years. We lost our restaurant. We lost our homes. We lost our cars. We lost our family. I lost my favorite person, which was my father at the time. And we went from being, you know, in such a place in society to being to starting from the bottom scratch, you know, Mm -hmm. and people are like, oh, that's no big deal. But yeah, when you're used to something and then you're introduced to something new and you have no guidance, that could be a problem. My mom used to work three jobs just to support me. You know, we went, we we moved into those two tall buildings in the east of Hialeah. But I I feel that that's where my journey begins. So, um, and I feel that all of that happened so and it positioned me to where I am today I mean with the with the Emerald story the appreciating things in life like I could ha- enjoy a $500 meal by myself and I could go to McDonald's at night after and it have your and I could enjoy a $5 meal <laughs> just as much so it's just it's just I think it set me up for for just like life I mean yeah. it doesn't matter where you are in life we all go through and I could tell you so that's inspired you know, by you right now no that like, I'm it, not even joking no you know why that it, it makes you really humble we've yeah. said this story on the podcast a few times so to our listeners I apologize but we're gonna say it again <laughs> you know when we started this podcast you know nobody knew us we, it was just us two and a microphone yeah. and once we got a little bit of momentum going we started reaching out to influencers and people and all that and you'd be surprised how many people just didn't give us a time of day and just didn't yeah. pay attention to us or sent us contracts and wanted licensing and stuff like that for our like little podcast and you know you that you're a bona fide you know 
food, you know, network, um, you know, TV personality, somebody who's so, you know, so uh, distinguished in your field. You know, you came to us, you cooked at, you know, my house and, you know, you were so welcoming and, and that speaks volumes yeah. to who you are. And that's from the you moment know. we met you at Croqueta Palooza. Yes. You were yeah, just Croqueta so Palooza. kind and so, like, you know, that's warm. You, because you could have totally gone the other way, right? You could have, uh, you know, you could oh, have gone on the Food Network yeah. and been yeah. like, yeah, I'm a reality, you know, person and gotten a really, like, you know, stuck up manager. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> hmm. I have to give her a hard time. Hmm. I, I, I have two things to say about that. So, um, the reason I came today was, first of all, the impression that you guys uh, both uh, caused at the Croqueta Palooza. Just that the fact that you guys came like 30 times to eat the croquetas. Um, <laughs> yes, that, did. Uh, that and just the, like, you could just tell, I speak foodie language. And mm-hmm. you two, you could just tell you're both foodies. And you could tell you're people persons. And I enjoy people persons. And you guys definitely, you're so loving. You're taking the mm-hmm. pictures. You were telling everyone. I'm like, are they promoters for this event or something? <laughs> like, they're telling everyone, you have to eat his croquetas. So um, just seeing that, um, uh, just I couldn't say no because you could just you, we speak the same language. You could tell you love foods. It's like if I bring nuggets right now, I know we'll we'll have to fight yes. over them. Yes. So and then the second thing I want to say is, unfortunately, uh, and I've been in that situation wh- before where you know you're like I want to do a video with you. You're like with you? No. Or um, they're oh they're like yeah you have to pay us if you want to do that right. or this. So I've been in that situation. My lesson with that is, you know, don't be so stuck up because, you know, it might return to you. Since I've experienced that, I believe in giving people opportunities and giving people shots. And if you have something that you could give to others and it's not going to hurt you a little, why not? So I'm like, this is definitely... (laughs) We love him. You've made me cry like three times now, Chris. You know, my friends, uh, my friends, we're going to, we go to the the bars or things like that. And uh, usually when someone goes to the bathroom, they come back, they're like, God damn it, Chris, you made him cry. He's like, Chris is right. I'm ready. I want to be inspired. I'm like, no, no, we're clubbing. We don't want to do that. (laughs) This whole cooking thing, you know, you whatever want to change course, you should totally be a motivational speaker. (laughs) Somebody get this guy a TED talk. No, I just, it's just natural. And like I went to, and I spoke at the Miami Dade Culinary Institute. You know, I was, I was saying things and I'm like, why are these people looking at me so serious? And then at the end they're like, you made me cry. I'm like, I did? That was not, that was not part of the plan. And then the parents are like, oh my God, we've learned so much. I'm like, wait, you could be my mom and my dad. Like what the hell, what's going on here? So I want to take it back a little bit to the the food network part of this because you know that that it's a food network everybody knows next uh, food network star now we know that some of the <laughs> some of the challenges they give on that show are like crazy what were what were some of the challenges that you were kind of like what the heck so I think all of them are what the heck is this uh, because you know they're like oh do a cartwheel while you're throwing fire out of your mouth while you're jumping doing jumping jacks while you're smiling uh, but make sure you're not smiling too much because then it's creepy and be friendly but don't be friendly at the same time so yes, that's play. how it feels like and they're, they're like action and you're like oh so one of the one of the moments that I could say that is uh, on the Star Salvation with Alex Cornicelli I'm making the mac and cheese uh, uh, balls and on uh, bites sorry the mac and cheese bites and <laughs> Um, they wouldn't form and I was pissed off at the damn bites uh, because they wouldn't form I'm like I'm not going home because some damn balls bites uh, because of some bites 
And I'm like, balls bites? Yeah, don't go home because of that. No. Fine, balls bites nuggets. And um, and they wouldn't form. So the thing is that in the moment, in the moment where I'm really concentrating, thinking about because I've done plan A through L so far and nothing works. So I'm so concentrated, and you're doing a live interview. So as I'm whisking and I'm thinking about all these things, she goes in back of me. She's like, "Hi," I'm like, "Hi," and I'm like, and I turn around like, and when I see like literally 20 cameras in front of me, I'm like. Hi, <laughs> and she's like, "What are you cooking?" I'm like, "I'm cooking. I'm 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 cooking." And she's like, "And she's like, what's wrong with you?" I'm like, uh, "The mac 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 and cheese." And she's like, "So what are you adding?" I'm like, "I'm adding the pasta to the pasta." She's like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yes, really. I'm adding the pasta to the pasta." So when I see that on TV, I'm like, "The home viewer doesn't know that I'm going to full like catastrophe inside because of some no, damn no. balls bites." And um. And she's just looking at me, and she's like, "Really?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, pasta with pasta." And she's like, <laughs> "She's looking at me like I'm insane." And I'm just looking at those cameras, like, "Hi," <laughs> like I'm losing it. So, um, yeah. So definitely, there there was that challenge where you you have I don't know you just pull it out of you know a rabbit out of a hat yeah. and you make it happen. And then the other one, which was very controversial, was the first challenge, which is the uh, you have to turn your signature dish into park friendly. So one of the things is that Jada asked me, what are you making? I'm like, okay, I'm going to make my pan-seared salmon. I'm going to make it pan uh, uh, park-friendly by turning it into a salad. And she's like, and my mentality was, you know, she looks like she eats healthy. Let me serve her a salad. Uh, and she's like, no, it has to be park-friendly. You cannot use um, a fork or a knife. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so, you know, let me turn it into a burger or something. And they were very strict on it. They told me you cannot use a fork or a knife. So what happens is that I cook my dish, and then one of the other contestants. And by the way, just you know, on the record, we 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 love each other, all of us. Uh, you know, it just happens. You know, and it's TV, so you have to understand that there's there's the, a lot of stress the, at the that Kardashian. Yeah. No, not even the stress. No, uh, it's just the Kardashian element to it, where you have to make everything <laughs> like you drop the water. <gasps> so it's something. It's something. <laughs> not it's, the water. It's something like that. Like mob. So this is uh. So there's that element to it, so that it it's interesting for the viewers. But the thing is that um, they were very they were very strict with me about the the fork and knife. So I turned my salmon salad idea into a slide into a burger. Okay. So. Um, the other contestant, she serves the jambalaya in a shot glass. So she's she's like, oh, and Jada's like, how do you eat this? And she's like, oh, you tip it, tip it back. Right. So picture Jada in your head, and mm-hmm, ask right. yourself if she if she would get a cup and tip it back. But she's like, oh, I'm not tipping anything back. <laughs> um, and then everyone's like, oh, she's not tipping anything. So she's like, bring me a fork, please. So what happens is that I didn't use, you know, I I followed the rules. But the thing is that the tip it back person realistically. No one would tip a rice like at, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't jambalaya as, as good as it sounds. Nobody would tip it back. Yeah, not, like I don't picture myself at Universal, which was it was at Volcano Bay. I don't picture myself. Oh, let me tip something back. Yeah. Like, you know, unless it's like whatever. A shot. So you know, when I get sent home, that caused a lot of controversy because there was the whole rule element that was enforced on one side and not on the other side. So mm. you know, well, that's all. It's because he's Hispanic. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. But no, no. Um, but, you know, I think I think everything serves its purpose. And, um, you know, I was very proud of what I did and whatnot. And, you should be. And, you know, I, I'm not a Kardashian. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, no, because if not, this interview would have been 73 minutes long. If you, <laughs> so, and instead of Arely, we yeah. would be dealing with Chris. 
Oh God, Jenner, because no. I am Chris. But Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner, yes. And by the way, I would I would not mind having Chris Jenner next to me. I'd, I'd cook for her. I would bring her hot chocolate. Like just FYI, if it ever happens, I love Chris Jenner. So putting it out there, Chris Jenner, if you want. So you accomplished so much, and you know you're still like a really young guy. What's next? Where do you see yourself in five years, ten years? This is a job interview. <laughs> no, I would be asking him his goals. <laughs> okay. Um, what are your goals? She probably has a PowerPoint right here. Um, she is the manager. <laughs> How funny! I was at a at a at a tasting, and the lady kept saying, "She, she, she." I'm like. Who is she? And if she is so important, why isn't she here? And she's like, oh, she is me. I refer to she as me. I'm like, ay, es loca. So every time I hear the word she, I think I picture her because I'm like, where's And then she's like, she, I'm like, okay, ma'am, you just said she. And she's like, no, I mean she as in her, not the other girl. I'm like, crap, how do I know what she, she's talking about? But, so anyways, we, I left that there. I didn't do it, but, um, That's hilarious. <laughs> no, at the time, like, I had to filter myself because loca para la piel. Le prendo una velita ahí mismo. Le digo a mi tía que venga le haga el rosario. But no, um, what was the what was the question? Oh, well, what are your objectives? What are your what are your goals? <laughs> Um, my goals. I always go back to that uh, the first recipe I wrote, uh, and it's to inspire and motivate. And anything I do involves those things. So I'm working on the cooking with Chris Four. Um, it's just a matter of finding the time to do it. I'm working on a little. Uh, it's 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 like a little glimpse of the behind the scenes of my life. You know, I I always tell everyone if people if cameras were following me, I'd be rich by now. So then I thought. Why don't I put people to follow me and then work on the rich part for later? So uh, we're we're doing a little glimpse of that. That that I'm looking forward to take out. Uh, we're gonna start recording it as um, certain events start happening now at the end of the year. So I'm thinking about January, February to start releasing those. Um, and even though it's a little glimpse to my life, like there's always a message that I I try to give out, inspiring, empowering. Or if I go through a struggle, like I like that struggle that you mentioned that you know some people wouldn't work with you because there's many people that didn't want to work with me and then they want to work with me definitely that's very inspirational because you know i i could be uh, i could be like them i could turn into them and say no thank you not give you an opportunity but see i know how it feels to be on the other side and i would never you know want to do that so um but definitely i'm working on the cooking with chris for um the south beach food and wine festival i'm very excited some new events uh coming up in february the the Ralph Wooden Wine, the Gala for Saint Jude. The book is is, is is in the works, but you know, god damn it, so many recipes. I have all the recipes written, but you have to do each one. You know, it's it's for there, it's in it's for homework. I, I have a name for it, I have the recipes done, it has a cool theme to it, a universal Miami theme to it. So I I, I feel that I feel that because that's my next question. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, well the and the Miami theme is funny because, you know, in in the Food Network, on the Food Network, Bobby Flay told me, you know, make sure you don't you don't turn into a caricature uh for the miami thing like why you know why not i'm from miami i was born and raised here i see someone crazy in the palmetto i'm like it's miami i see something i see uh you know the you see people hanging weird things from their cars miami it's miami like everything i'm like it's miami accepted for what it is so 
why not miami is universal uh, we have some of the best culinary uh scene right now we have uh, great artists from here great talents from here but it's such a special place and i'm like why wouldn't i promote that everywhere i go and i tie it up with uh, the latinos you know why because i'm from miami and i am latino and why not and if you want to turn me into a character for it then I am it right there. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what he meant, you know, by saying it's a character. He probably went to the wrong Latin restaurant. So next, yeah, yeah. next time we'll invite him. I mean, we'll invite him to the right one. And uh, well, I mean, th that's a question that we've asked a few people here, the uh, previous guests that we've had. What would you say is the Miami in terms of food? what does Miami look like? If, if you had to give somebody a meal that was representative of Miami, what would that be? Wow, that's a hard one. Like my friends that usually come out of town and they come here, it, it's not one meal. Like you must give me a full day because I'll take you to the breakfast. So we must have a tostada cubano with with uh, with the café con leche, el sneaky and a croquetica in there, yes, and sir. maybe uh, unos huevos pericos, so you try something Colombian, o la repita con queso. Okay, so that's the breakfast part. Uh, so then we'll probably go to the lunch, and you must try maybe like the rice and beans con una palomilla uh, with the raw onions and the cooked onions, and maybe some yuca fritas with like a little garlic aioli. Um, then we go to the beach side, and we try a little something more serious, so we must have a mojito, or a sangria, and then uh, you realize what I've gained at least five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's the point, you know. And then you try something with seafood. So we go from from traditional Cuban slash Latin breakfast. Right. Then we go to some something Cuban uh, because it's very uh, you know tradition. Then we go to something nicer with like a little seafood um, because we you know we have some of the best seafood uh, with the little garlic butter and uh, the cocktails and the mojito. And, you know, God knows if you go to, to what is it, uh, Yucca or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Is that still have, open? They have so, Yucca? Well, on Lincoln Road? Road? Is it still I open? went like four months ago, so I think it is. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. One thing, uh, one day I was at, at that restaurant. It's my first time there. And I asked the uh, waiter, what do you recommend? He's like, I don't recommend this. I don't recommend that. Eso se demora mucho. Eso no sabe bueno. I'm like, you're the first waiter I see that I ask for recommendations. And you recommend what not to eat. Wow. And he acts like half of the restaurant. So me and the person I was with were looking at each other like, and I told him, you're joking, right? He's like, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh no. I'm like, well, anyways, um, yeah, I don't know if I'll just have a mojito. And we didn't even eat there because I was then I was afraid to eat because he said, I'm like, why would a person that's that's working here record like no coma esto, no? So the last time I was gonna eat there, and when I walk in, he's like, ¿Cómo estás? I'm like, oh, wrong restaurant. And I walked away. I'm like, I'm like, oh no. I'm like, and I turned around and I didn't see anyone. I'm like, no wonder this place is empty. If that man is greeting everyone outside, is not gonna work. Usually you see the girl with the bikini or you see the girl with the tight dress and you see this old man he's like no coma esto no coma aquello I'm like no your restaurant is going to be empty that's awesome yeah. especially from something like an establishment because that's yeah. you guys have yeah. been around there for yeah, definitely. but who knew and you know what he he said not to eat the yuca there either so I'm like so <laughs> don't have the yuca yeah, yuca. yeah. and, and I, w I thought I thought he was you know trying to um for me to order like the most expensive items oh, but okay. he would even be like in order en eso porque eso está overpriced te lo puedes ir a comer al otro restaurante so I'm like wow I have never wow. seen this in my life wow yes wow so, He's a, he shouldn't be in PR so FYI no. <laughs> yeah and then of course you would 
end it on the way back home from the beach no, with so, nuggets. So what I would do is that right in the, uh, a, a cor- two blocks from there, there's a McDonald's in the corner. I would eat there and then I would go back to get my car and drive to uh, Prime 112 or Prime Italian, which are usually my favorite restaurants too. I like to say on the record that among the many things that I like about Chris is that despite Le Cordon Bleu. <laughs> the Prime One Twelve. The Prime One Twelve. The boy loves his nuggets, nuggets, and I love you for that because yes. I love fast food. <laughs> With I honey can, mustard, please. Yeah. I'm a sweet yes. and sour boy. I, no, no, the, the truth is, mustard. I do honey mustard and sweet and sour, and I dip one nugget into that. The next bite, into so I, I share each sauce, and then I'm the method. Yes. 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 No, it's, it is a method. Experience. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's why I must have, like, if I order 10, it's 10. If you want yours, order your four, your six. This is an argument every yeah. every weekend. So that's yeah. why I'm looking at her. She's usually, and she's like, can I have one? I'm like, one. One. Like, that reminds me of that. Do you, you watch Friends? Uh, yes. No. The, the whole thing with Joey, yes. nobody touches Joey's Joey food. Yes. How yeah, funny. We're, we were mentioning this at 2 in the morning yes. when we were having our nuggets. <laughs> and she was saying, I'm like, I'm like, there with my nuggets. And she said, she said something about friends, Joey, don't yes. touch my nuggets. Yes. That's how I remember. So now, now it's making yes. sense with you. I'm sorry, like 20 drinks later. Uh, finally, I understand what you were saying. You know when when you're just so concentrated and whoever's talking you're like blah 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 blah, blah and you're like this is, you're doing commentary on what you're doing and like, blah, 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 that's her and you're like right and you're like yeah totally yeah, like, you know you know I say that because there's some there's a lot of people out there like ugh fast food I don't put that in my body I'm like shut up yeah go have a cheeseburger oh yeah I I do that all the time yeah. Okay. Uh, There's nothing wrong with it. I obviously I I balance it. Yeah. I, if you look at my at what I eat, well, first of all, I don't follow strict diet. But what I do is that I usually eat healthy throughout the whole day, and then at nighttime I'll usually be naughty and I'll I'll eat like a croqueta or or like that little box I told you with pastries and all that. Um, or I'll go to the beach and I eat pasta, which is carbs. And to um, our listeners, you know, when he was cooking for us and he did all sorts of stuff to us, we're gonna post. Well, some he didn't do his stuff to us he, for, for us. us. Uh, oh my thank god! You. Thank you. Um, I'm sure that's what people thought. Thank you, you for that clarification. <laughs> No, um, the last thing I want people to think because you said the intro, I was with you guys downstairs for about two hours. He brought, he brought this whole big tub of yeah. his like secret aioli, and let let's just say I'm that we were having it. that by the spoonful. Yeah. Like, yeah, we were adding that on everything. You you need to market that. Yeah, you should. No, yeah. well, the, the truth is, I've shared the recipe many times. The thing is that I don't believe in secret recipes because I feel that as a chef. You always have something new to do, and you always have something new to wow with. And not only that, but I'm not only a chef, but I'm an entertainer. So I, I want to show you how to cook this so you can see what I feel when I'm feeding this to people so you could try it and give it to other people and share it. And so that's what I look forward to. So I, when people say, I know you won't give it to me because it's secret, I'm like, bring, it, bring out your phone. Start writing the recipe. So um, let- I may take you with his offer. Bueno, Chris. Thank, Thank you so you much. So I mean, much. we could go on for like another hour, yeah. but our Starbucks are full and it's late. And I know that you guys, you know, a long day. Uh, it's been a long day, but yeah, thank you so much. Well, to both of you, because yeah. Arely, you, you've you. been amazing. So yeah. thank Amazingly you. Thank quiet. you so much for, being <laughs> show. It, you know, thank you for cooking for us. That oh, was so, so nice of you for taking the time out and, and doing this. And we can't thank you enough. 
Yeah. No, and absolutely. let me just put a little closing remark in there. Um, you know, I I say that when you do anything, as long as you do it with love and passion and dedication, it, you can't go wrong with that recipe. And definitely with what you guys post and what you're doing in the community and with with your your topics and your themes and you know even putting logos on the shirts you're wearing right now, <laughs> I I see your your podcast reaching millions of people. Uh, oh, if you continue yes. that recipe, yes. and I'm very excited. You two, uh, very humble people, very loving, very caring, and you can't go wrong with it. So yeah. I'm thank excited you. for that. Thank and you, thank Chris. you so much for offering me this sweet. space. Yes. Thank you, Chris. You're right. Like greeting cards on the side. Yes, like yes. I'm. I'm, I'm like Hallmark. <laughs> you should have your own like just brand extension. Like motivational speaking yeah. cards. Just I feel like you could do everything. No, because yeah. it's not every day that you run a- across like talented but genuinely yeah. like sweet, nice people. Yeah. You're a real person. So, you yeah. caught me on a Monday, which is my favorite day. So <laughs> Wow. Wow. That speaks volumes uh, about you, yeah. sir. <laughs> so Chris, thank you again yeah. so much. Thank and you. Welcome back, listeners. Oh, my God. I think I need to, like, unbutton my pants or, like, put in an elastic waistband after all that food. Sometimes when I'm hungry, I just relive that night, and it kind of fills me up a little bit. Yeah. And, Chris, again, thank you so much. Um, You were incredible. And not only thank you for the food, but thank you for being on that show. For being you. Yes, for being him. He's awesome. So So now after all this food, we need a little refreshment. We have to wash it down with something. Of course. So it's soda time. Yes, time for the last soda of the desert. So you want to go first? I'm going to go first. Okay. And my soda... You know how sometimes I give gasless Cokes? no. Is this another earwax Beverly thing? No. This is worse. Worse than the Beverly? But, But you know what? I'm giving my last soda of the desert because I want this to be a teaching moment. One of the things we say here is listen, laugh, and learn. So this is the learn. This okay, is the we've learn already listened, we've laughed. Yeah. Yes, because I really want our listeners to learn something and know something that maybe they didn't know. Have you ever heard of eugenics? Okay. I don't know why I have, but I have. Do you know what it is? I do, but I'm cheating because I was at your house the other day when you were watching. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. You (laughs) were. You were. were. Yes. Okay. So So, little did you know that my last Coke was going to that. So my last Coke is going to eugenics, but this is a gasless Coke because eugenics is a very bad thing. Eugenics is pretty much selective breeding, and it was a concept that was um, introduced into the United States in the late 1800s, early 1900s by Francis Galton. And there were a lot of scientists of that time who were also involved. So pretty much it was, as I said, selective breeding. They thought that issues of society, whether it was crime, um, whether it was finances, hunger, uh, pretty much all the perils of society could be fixed through selective breeding Mm -hmm. because they thought that these people that were poor, these people that were uneducated, these people that were sick, these people, yes, morons and idiots. That was actually at one point a a recognized scientific term that all these people were the way they were as a result of their heredity and not their um, circumstances circumstances or or, you know the whole nature versus nurture thing so this the office of eugenics was open in oyster bay long island and these people went around the country interviewing families so they'll come to you and interview you and be like okay so tell me about your family well you know my uncle john was a drunk 
Tell me about your Aunt Mary. Oh, my Aunt Mary was like a crazy woman. So they would make these... I really hope they were married. (laughs) They would make these assessments based on these like completely unscientific data. It would just be on observations or somebody else's... Anecdotal almost. Yes, exactly. And then their whole shtick was that they would present this evidence to the government so the government can do a breeding program. Oh, no. In where people... Certain people should not be allowed to breed and should be sterilized. And this actually got traction. And there were up to 70,000 people sterilized. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And in North Carolina, they were sterilizing people until 1974. 74 that's 74 like years before it was born 74 they were sterilizing people in fact right in, now on the basis of this yes and in north carolina there's currently a class action suit of people uh that were sterilized wow. and now are seeking compensatory damages for being sterilized they should. there's this one case of this woman who was raped and she she was able to give birth to that baby, but when they did her C- C-section, they sterilized her because they said that she was promiscuous, right? So then the whole thing She's not was Natalie Furtado. The she got raped. Thing, the whole thing was feeble-minded. So you know how we say when somebody's feeble-minded. Yeah. I didn't really know until recently that that actually was a term that was used by the government. So if somebody was rendered to be feeble-minded, the government had the authority in many cases to sterilize the person because they thought that if they sterilized these people, society's problems would be fixed. So at the end of the day, who was left standing? The white, educated, rich man. As always, you know, the right educated rich man was the one who, or like, you know, affluent people were the ones who, according to this science, should keep going. Because should keep, you know, um, should keep going, yeah. Should keep having children. Everybody else would not be subject to that because they should be sterilized because they contribute to offsprings that cause the problems of society. I think it's horrifying and fascinating that that was happening in the United States. And the only reason why that fell kind of, why it became unpopular was because of World War II. Because essentially Hitler was doing the same thing with the oh, Jews. Yeah, so when World War II ended and the U.S. went to the concentration camps and saw all these videos, you know, right, transmitted right, back right, to right, the right, U.S. Right. of all these, you know, tens of thousands of people that were slaughtered, that is when the tide started to turn for eugenics in the U.S. So I think that's something that people should really know about because this yeah, happened not too long ago, up to 1974. They were doing it. North Carolina was the last state to do it. Up to 1974. So people... Look up you Google eugenics, and I mean so you're going to be horrified. And so I hope people learned a little bit. So my last gasless Coke goes to eugenics. Well, the founder's dead now, so he has no use for soda. Good. <laughs> Although wherever he is, he's probably very thirsty. Terrible, <laughs> terrible. Well, so my last soda oh, please is, let is, it going, be is going to be some, somebody who is definitely not feeble-minded, who is definitely based on our love for her, would not be a candidate for eugenics. So the other day I was uh, I was at the gym and I was looking for another podcast to listen to and I was just like scrolling through the browse. And I came across Oprah Winfrey's podcast for Super Soul Conversations. Mm-hmm. Now, I like Oprah as much as the next person. That's not who's getting my last soda. 
Gale. No. The person who's getting my last soda was in her, she had a two-part episode interviewing the iconic, legendary, incomparable Tina Turner. Oh, I saw, I saw, I actually heard that. Yes. Okay, we all know Tina Turner. She survived, you mm-hmm. know, a, a, a horrible childhood. She mm-hmm. survived Ike Turner. She had her comeback, like, in her 40s, you know, past a woman's prime. I did not know that just recently after she had, you know, retired officially, quote-unquote, she had a stroke. Mm-hmm. She had to learn how to walk again. This is a mm-hmm. woman who's known for her legs and for her strut. Mm-hmm. She had intestinal cancer. She had vertigo. She had to have dialysis La because, because her kidneys were failing. She finally got married, though. Yes. And then her son commits suicide. Yeah. And the interview with Oprah was taking place literally the day before the service for her son. Wow. And she was speaking with a beauty and decorum. I mean, it made me want to become a Buddhist. Like, she was speaking so... It was weird because she was speaking eloquently, but it was not affected. Right. She still sounded, sounded like, like her anime. You know, she sounded... I know, sounded... because she, she did a similar interview this week with CBS, and I saw it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. I, I fell great. in love with her all her. over again. I, we love her. We love her. I mean, you we and did. I saw her years ago. Yeah. When, uh, the Flying the, Tina. The, the Flying Tina. The, what was it? The, what was the name of that album? The 20, 24-7. 24-7 tour. 24/7 yeah, tour. Yeah, that was yeah, awesome. Yeah. And then I saw her on her actual farewell tour afterwards yeah. again, and I... She's I would great. I would go see. She Tina is Turner. an icon. She's iconic. Yeah, she's iconic, and that's a word that nowadays I think gets tossed around yeah. way too easily. Yeah, people are just like you know, so and so has been around for a year. Oh my gosh, she's an icon. I'm like, I don't think you understand what that word means. Yeah, you know, she's. Y- you know what we need to do? She has a new a new memoir. Yes, yeah. I actually want to read yeah, it. My love story. I mean, she has such an interesting. I mean, that woman went through hell and back. And and she still speaks. Like she even said when she was diagnosed with a with a kidney failure. Her reaction was, well, I mean, if I've lived almost 80 years and if this is my time, then, you know, this is my time. Right. With just a, and it's not because she was giving up, it's just a peace. Right. She, She's lived her life. She has gone through so much that she has understood. For like a better it hasn't always it, been nice and easy. easy. No, not always. That's awesome. We yeah. could we could we could do all the problem Mary. Yeah, we, we, and we can go on for our talking about Tina Turner. So everybody eugenics and, and um, tina turner, tina turner. Wow. anyway <laughs> um well with that said we hope everybody had a great time yes and yes. we hope happy you, halloween we hope the rico three we hope you <laughs> listen laughed and learned and as always grab your croqueta your batelito and your hoopinha and because it's after halloween maybe your fun size kit kat yes or, or, or Mr. Goodbar. Or Mr. Goodbar. Uh-huh. And thank you for joining us, and have a great day. Bye, kids. Do I love my It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 